Welcome to Adventures in Marketing. I'm Caleb Wines. And I'm Chris Kent. We're two industry veterans who will be having conversations all around marketing and media, what we've seen in our careers, what we see happening currently, and how we think it's going to affect the future of the industry. Advertising sponsorships are ubiquitous and have been seemingly forever. They come in all shapes and sizes from brand integrations, entitlements, and off-the-shelf brought-to-you buys, and there are no shortages. They usually carry a premium versus just buying non-sponsored inventory. So is it worth it? There is definitely an art and science to evaluating and executing big-time sponsorships. In this episode, Chris and I chat about the good, the bad, and the ambiguous of sponsorships. Let's talk about sponsorships and specifically naming rights for stadiums. Oh, yeah. And, you know, if you do a Google search on case studies for naming rights, you'll come back with zero results because there are no case studies for supporting uh, uh, naming rights. It's super expensive. And if you do, if you just rely on the science part of the equation, it won't pay out. Correct. Like the, the, the cost that you have to pay versus what you get back in terms of uh, media impressions or uh, other valuation metrics, it won't, it won't pay off for you. However, there's a component to the naming rights, which is community engagement and uh, being a part of a city and having this presence that kind of supersedes what a marketing spend would look like. And, there's a lot of reasons why companies would go down that route, even though it doesn't necessarily make sense from strictly a media valuation standpoint. But where do you think it actually has worked? So as an example, I always think of, and I, cause my age, the great Western forum, right? I already know, if, <laughs> you know, Western was a banking right. institution and not even around anymore. Um, and obviously there's a stable right. center who's now changed their name yet again. Um, but who do you think, or do you have an example of where did somebody use the name of their company and the sport or the facility that was just like, oh my God, that makes sense. Yeah. Again, I, I think the, it, it's a list that is super short because I, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I don't think it makes sense unless, like I said, you have a reason for doing something in that particular city. I think the impressions and all the other stuff that you get from the signage and when people referred to it as the Staples Center and now it's crypto.com. I don't I don't think it's paying off for crypto.com to be honest with. I know that they have in in the facility they have uh brand activations for people you know to engage yeah. with their brand inside the the facility but again the cost that they had to pay to make that happen, they could have used those marketing dollars elsewhere and got similar results. So there has to be some other metric or some other way of measuring the success beyond just the traditional stuff. And it could be, like you said, it could be brand health. It could be engagements. I can't think of one. I know, I don't, I think Staples gave up those rights because at the end of their term, they made the tough decision that said, this is not paying out for us. 
So let's just let's let's play it out. And I don't know the numbers, but you and I could probably guesstimate what the numbers probably were. Staples was probably paying thirty to thirty-five million a year to have the naming rights. Now the the Lakers, at least, I I'm not as as knowledgeable as hockey as you are. The Lakers during that time were very very good. They went to a lot of championships, so they were on primetime TV a lot. And they'd always say, coming to you live from you know Staples Center, game three of the you know Western Finals or whatever NBA Finals. But again, I don't know how much that drives, I guess, brand awareness, but does that actually drive through the funnel? I guess that goes back to the art and the science. I don't think it does. I think, like I said, there's some other reason that would supersede the the media evaluation or the marketing evaluation of the benefits you get for that cost. There's no way that that money would, even you even though you get those mentions, and it's not just the sporting events, it's Taylor Swift performing yeah, true uh, although now now she's at sofi not but she used to perform in uh in staples that got to be too crypto, small for but, her i mean yeah exactly uh the but i think that again there's no there's no there's no math that would support that kind of investment unless you were able to active you you would have to sew so many different things together but that's to your but to your point you know, you talk about community, right? You only have the one asset. The Staples Center is only in LA. And so when you activate it, you only get LA and frequency is going to be high because season ticket holders are going to be coming to all these games or concerts or whatever more than other people. Obviously, concerts bring in a different crowd. That's why when you go back and you think about, so I'll use T-Mobile as an example. T-Mobile is a sponsor of Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball, if I do my math correct, is in 32 cities. They saw that as a way for them to have a national presence locally through all the teams and be able to activate it at a local level that way as opposed to being a part of just one stadium, right? Now, yes, they, they've partnered with stadiums to bring like 5G into stadiums, but they did the larger deal with Major League Baseball because it gave them a national footprint to be able to do things in you know, major cities across the entire United States. Right. I think there's another aspect is like if you're a big brand, let's say you're a financial institution, you can use that as an entertainment venue. You can bring potential clients in into your suite that you own for entertainment. And it's a very expensive, you could just buy a suite there and not have the naming rights, no. but you get a lot more benefits, I think, if you are the naming rights holder. And so there could be a little bit of, Hey, look at me. I have my name on this building. Come do business with us. So again, I think there are other aspects that transcend the cost benefit ratio of just getting the the marketing value. I think there's other things you can do in there. I can't tell, I can't pick one that has paid off. Yeah. Interesting. I, I can't think of one example. I mean, what about when, what was the thing that uh, Red Bull sponsored every year? The That one crazy flying. Flutog? Yeah, Flutog, Red Bull Flutog. Uh, yeah. Where you kind of, where everybody, yeah. the team. That to me their is own, something. Yeah, they create their flying, their own little flying thing. They push it off the end of the thing. It flies or it sinks and they fall into like some sort of lake or riverbed. Yeah. I mean, even though I forgot the name, that one <laughs> does strike to me as something that is totally appropriate for that for red bull as a brand extension a hundred percent because it has a crazy name red bull flutog nobody remembers flutog but 
everyone remembers as that flying thing that you guys do. Um, but my first year at Red Bull, we did it down in the Long Beach Harbor. We had something like, a it was definitely 100, but I think it was like 105 or 110,000 people came out for that event. It was free. So it wasn't like we were making money on it, but that was the whole point. Come out, spend the day. We were sampling Red Bull and we had the minis, we had the Red Bull girls and guys out handing out the cans, but that's what it was about, right? Come enjoy the brand, be part of the moment and have a fun day with us. When you were working on it, was Red Bull gives you wings was the tagline? It's always been there. It's always been their tagline from the very, very beginning. It's never changed. So, I mean, again, subjectively, I look at that and I say, oh, that is a perfect example of tying in a brand identity, weaving in the tagline. I mean, gives you wings. And then here you are doing this avant-garde flying exhibition. So, exactly. I mean, I don't know. Did you have stuff that proved that it paid off for you guys? Did you have any measurement or this was just something where, again, like you said earlier, that you were going to lean heavier on the art side of it? Just because so you the knew it was the that, right the thing. Science, yeah. The science on that which came out was we knew when we – because we would take it to every – we'd take it to a major city or two, depending on the year, every year, okay? We knew from our on-premise teams and our sales teams that we would see an uptick because we'd create tent, you know, uh, table tents and we'd create all these little things for bars and clubs and restaurants that are all around wherever the actual location was. So we would see a big uptick in actual business. We would see an uptick in hotels. We would do a full city analysis. So if we were going to take it to a new city, we could say, hey, we have seen this city and go back whatever last two, let's use two as an example. And we'd say, we saw this much of a growth in money that came into that city over that weekend for people coming into this event, right? They paid for parking, they paid for food, they paid for drinks, they might pay for a hotel. So we knew we could actually drive income into um, a city over a weekend because we would do the analysis and that'd be part of how we would go to a city and pitch them on being able to do it. So to your point, that science, that background, that analytics of how it affected would get cities to say, yes, in fact, we'll help you do this. We'll support you. We'll put out, you know, we'll help you with marketing and gaining people, gaining traction for people to come because it would bring influx of dollars into the city and help small business owners. So you were able to generate revenue from external sources to help fund this brand activation. Correct. So you were able to sell more product into those places because uh, because yep. you were doing this. So it was it was a sales driver as well. That that that's amazing. Correct. So so there there's the example. There's the example of a naming rights it's, it's not a stadium, it's an event, but it, it, that's one where I think it, it, to me, just again, from my outsider's yeah. perspective, looks like it paid off. All right. So we've been talking about sports sponsorships and stadiums, and is it really worth it or not? I've got a small quiz for you. So we're putting you on the spot. Quiz for Caleb. Let's see how you do. All Fire right? away. Fire away. I'm ready. Let's start. Let's just start close to home. What's the name of where the L.A. Rams and L.A. Chargers play? SoFi. Name of the stadium, SoFi. Can you name the concert venue at SoFi? Wait, there's a concert venue? <laughs> there is, because I just went to a concert two weeks ago there. I didn't know about it until I bought my tickets and realized where it was. And it's not SoFi. <laughs> it is not the SoFi Theater. 
Okay. I have no idea. It is the YouTube Theater. Had no idea. It seats something around 15,000, I believe. Like I said, I went to go see a triple bill there with my wife and my daughter. A great, great venue, but I had no idea it was there. I mean, that's bigger than the forum. Yeah. By the way, who's the sponsor of the forum? Kia. That one you knew. I didn't know that one until I drove past it the other day going to the concert. uh I, I cheated because I just bought some tickets for Iron Maiden for a year from now, and they're playing at the Kia Forum. A year from now. Okay. A year from now. Okay. So let's stick with the NFL. Where do the Dallas Cowboys play? Supposedly America's team, if you believe it. No idea. AT&T Stadium. Okay. Last one in the NFL. We'll come back to California. Where do the 49ers play? Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know that one either. Levi's Stadium. Levi's oh, Stadium. Oh, interesting. Okay. Okay. You're a hockey fan. Let's go to the NHL. Where do the Ducks play? Oh, man. Um I I mean, I don't know the I don't know who's the sponsor. The Honda I, Center. The Honda Center. Interesting. I now, would not have known that. I had tickets to the Ducks for the first like 5 or 6 years when they first came to existence. And from a marketing perspective, I thought the sponsor then was a fun play on words. It was the Arrowhead Pond of Anaheim, right? Arrowhead Water, the pond. I was like, eh, it's cute. It's fun. Okay, here's a better one. You're a, you're a Steeler fan. Where do the Pittsburgh Penguins play? Not the Igloo. What's the actual name of it? No idea. No this idea. One, th- this one is beautiful. The PPG Paints Arena. Come on. <laughs> Okay, let's go back to baseball. We'll make it simple. What? Where do the Padres play? Uh, San Diego? <laughs> <laughs> Petco Park. Oh, okay. Texas I, Rangers just won the World Series. The name of their field? No idea. Globe Life. Wow, okay. I'm not doing well on this quiz. But last, last three. Here we go. I'll give All you an right. easy one. Lakers, Clippers. Where do they play? Crypto.com. Crypto.com Arena. Last two. Golden State Warriors, one of the preeminent teams of the past whatever decade. Where are they playing? No idea. The Chase Center. And then lastly, but never would have got that. No. And where do the New New Jersey Nets, where do they play? Don't know. The Barclays Center. So you went like two for 12. Yeah. (laughs) Not, Not good. Not good. And I think some of those were only... Uh, happenstance because I happened to have engaged with, like I bought tickets. I never, like I was surprised to see Kia's name on the marquee and that has been multiple different sponsors over the years. So, uh, I couldn't tell you what the different sponsors were between great Western and Kia. I just know there were a bunch. Yeah. And the other problem in that same vein is I still call where the Lakers slash Clippers play and the Kings. I still call it the Staples center. Yeah. I mean, I was just watching the the Steelers game last night and I'm a huge Steeler fan and the Acrisure just, it does not roll off the tongue. And is that insurance? It, it, it is. I, or it's, it's some, it's like, I was thinking about it. It's like, there's literally nobody in that stadium that can, that will ever engage with that brand. It's, it's, it's like, I think it might be reinsurance. I'm not even sure. It's like some product that has nothing to do with consumers. Yeah. So wh- I, why they chose to, to sign a multi-million dollar deal mm-hmm. with an NFL franchise, I have no idea. 
I mean, Heinz made sense because they're they're in Pittsburgh or in Pennsylvania. So, I mean, that was that was a natural thing. But it, it like I'm not sure why this company decided to. I I did have a I was having a chat with a friend of mine who used to be a neighbor, and he's in the insurance industry. And he goes, "Look, I know that brand," and you know, I said, "Hey, this could be a way for them to." Woo clients, big business, but it's an expensive, expensive value proposition. The exact same, the exact same type of concept that I don't understand. Here's one for you. The current campaign that I believe is being done by the Honda dealers, which is the Western Association of Dealers, not Honda, the brand. Helpful is the help. I do not understand that campaign for the life of me. So let me get this right. You've overpriced your cars so much. You can just give money away to people. That's what you want me to take away that you're helpful I, I to me. I don't see it that way. I, I, I did think that they have I'm a negative. brand about being in touch with their con- their consumers. They're promoting like a family atmosphere that they're givers, not takers. So why and, not just put better deals on the marketplace? But Slash prices even I, further. I didn't I don't take it as cynical as as you did. I didn't see this as oh, they're charging more money for the cars in order to pay for this helpful. I think they're doing a benevolent thing. It's like, hey, we're not just a car dealer. We're part of the community. And I actually think think it's a good campaign. (laughs) I I think it's a really good campaign. I don't think they do it outside of Southern California. It's interesting. I, I don't know what the metrics are, how they evaluate success. But to me, like I get a positive feeling. It's like, oh, you know, here they're giving stuff away in order to build brand preference and loyalty. It's like, and I don't think their cars are more expensive. I think they're as expensive as every other car in the same class. Like an Accord is the same price as a Camry, you know, is the same yeah. price as a Sonata. They all do the same thing. They're a, it's a four-door sedan. It costs 30 plus thousand, you know, give or take. It, it's all about brand, if you will. And for them, it, it's a way of entrenching themselves in the community. So I actually think that's a good campaign for them trying to separate from the other brands in the market. Interesting. Uh, like I said, I don't like it, but you actually raised a lot of good you know, points about what it could be doing for them. It doesn't make me want to buy a Honda, but I'm not against Honda, just like I'm not against Toyota or Nissan. Like whenever I get you know to look for a new car, I'll figure that out then. I just didn't like the campaign. All right, well, we, here's what we've learned. You do not know stadiums and who sponsors them. No, I'm surprised I got two. <laughs> All right, man, this is good. Cool. This is a good place to end this discussion, and then we'll pick it up with fragmentation next time. Sounds great, and I hope everybody enjoyed our, uh, our first foray into our podcast, and hopefully you'll enjoy the rest that are to come. All right, Chris, talk to you soon. Yeah, thank you.